If you have a story to share, tell us. How are you going to leave your mark? This is Leave Your Mark. I'm Vince Cortez, and today's guest is Kiana Sage. She is a telepath, an empath, a mystic, and an energy psychologist. She'll share the powerful shifts that occur within people when kinesis energy alignment is experienced. KEA is a combination of spiritual healing, systems approach, connection, quantum world, and awareness. Her education or background is from San Diego State, a bachelor's in communication and an MA in organizational leadership, human relations, and conflict manager from University of San Diego. Fiona, thank you for being here today. Yes, I'm excited. When I, I met you on the uh, LinkedIn and I saw what it was that you did, I was completely intrigued because of where my journey's at with my entrepreneurship, the things that I've gone through in my life and, and recently, the connection to how powerful our mind is, is way beyond our understanding. And you touch on many methods and many ways of going about creating a better self. Starting off in your childhood, you said that you were raised in Southern California and you had East Coast parents. So kind of take me into your childhood home and work me through your uh, education up there to San Diego State. My parents were from New York, Brooklyn to be specific, and they moved out here because my mother didn't want to stay in New York any longer. So they came out here back in Orange County when it was actually Orange Groves and they started a whole new life and eventually most everybody came out here with them. That was orange trees down there, was it not? That was all farming. Yeah, all farming. Sure, as the story goes, <laughs> the street was lined with orange groves and it wasn't, there was just, you know, three model homes wow. in the track. So and coming they, from New York to there was quite a big difference. Oh, yeah. But my mother loved it. Everybody loved it. And my father was in the Navy. It worked out. So we were all born and raised here. Now, you told me that you had an interesting experience when you were 15 months old. And yes. most of us aren't in touch with our consciousness at that point. But can you share with me what that moment was like and later to find out how big of an influence it would be in your life? Right. So when I was a, a baby, a toddler, I was napping and I was awoken with a bunch of arguing. And it was my mother and father who were having a very volatile argument. So I crawled out of my crib and I went into the hallway and I went up to the step. And I just remember seeing and feeling and experiencing this volatile, toxic exchange between my mother and my father. And then all of a sudden, my dad just took the phone. This is when they were in the wall. <laughs> um, we actually used a hard, uh, a hard line. He uh -huh. took the phone and ripped it out of the wall. And I just remember I was so traumatized by that he did that, that action, and then how it felt within me. And, um, and I cried and cried and cried. And now, you know, I make my living now working via telephone. Everything I do is oh, remote. Is so if you think about, you know, I, as a young child, had an, uh, I would say, a knowing of the importance of communication <laughs> at such a young age. But later on, as I was doing my own um, development, and I think the best consultants are doing their own work. If you are working with a consultant that is not doing their own work, you're in trouble and go. 
It's not a saying that they're doing it, they're actually doing it. There's behavior changes. So I was doing my work and I was reading Harville Hendricks, excellent book. But as I was reading it, I was going back and reflecting on my life. And then one part of the process was to go through, identify situations like your first memory. And my first memory was, which I didn't know it was my first memory. You know, I didn't have an awareness of that until I did this process. And I realized my first memory was at 15 months of this situation. And that's when I realized that there was actually a word for what it is that I do. So the fact that they were having an argument wasn't an issue. It was that I was interpreting as a telepath, you pick up on people's thoughts, a mind reader, if you will, for lack of a better word. But if you're not aware that you're doing that, and then you take those thoughts on your own, so then you internalize a traumatic event as your own. When it was not mine, I was an observer of an experience. Does that make sense? Yes. I believe the experience of seeing those types of issues have as big an impact as those involved. I mean, since so young, that's just, just so tender. Well, the beauty of being an adult is that you get to really see the situation for what it was. Yeah. And reframe it and you don't internalize it as a toxic situation or volatile. It was something that you observe and witness. And as a healer, obviously, I see that situation was completely embraced in love. Um, but when you're experiencing it, it doesn't yeah, feel like love. Yeah, but when you see from a higher love. perspective, yeah. Mm -hmm. We jumped in there. The experience was big. So you have siblings, older brother and sister. You go through high school in San Diego. So now you're getting ready to go to San Diego State. How did you decide to get into your communications major? Was any of that understanding when you were younger influencing at this point or that still didn't come into play? You just had you know, other endeavors at this point? Well, yes. I Well, I grew up in Orange County, Huntington Beach. And then I went to college in San Diego. Then I went on semester at sea. And then I went to San Diego State. And I knew when I went to San Diego State that I was choosing because of their communications department. I specifically was interested in uh, debate and being on the debate team. I'm a nerd at heart. <laughs> and I think it's very important to be able to think and communicate effectively. And at the time, I wasn't sure if I was gonna go on to be a lawyer or some type of profession like that. So I thought debate, I was really good at it. No, My husband got, would say I'm good at it. That's a dangerous debater, the one that likes <laughs> it and tells you they're good at it. Now you go, do you get your master's? Did that happen right away, right after? Or was there a little time in between you were out in the real world or? No, I went out into the real world. I had an executive role at the Boy Scouts of America. And then I took on another executive role as a sales manager at Pacific Bell, a communications. <laughs> and then I decided that was right before 9-11 and I had already decided I was going to go to grad school. But when 9-11 happened and everything changed, I decided to just go full-time and I got my master's within nine months. <laughs> Your master's, that's like a crash course when you got organizational leadership, human relations, 
and conflict managers. So, I mean, these are some pretty intense topics as far as getting your education in it. Down the road here, you end up working with the United States Navy, the U.S. Army. So take me into that part here. Now you have your background and your master's and you're into it. You're up. Because some of the toughest people, culturally speaking, that we hear is the guys that are down at Seal Beach and the training of the SEALs and the mental toughness and the physical toughness and the legend of all of that. And you're in there and you're helping these people on a whole nother level. You're the person that kind of soothes the pain from the transition of one life to another. And can you share with us? Well, not back then. That's what I do now. But back then, my primary job that I was in charge of was making sure we captured information from the retired forces so that it wasn't being lost in the transition. So that was my first major That's project. pretty intense. It is. It's not very fun, to be quite honest with you, because there's a big age gap in how Elder people see things and you're trying to pull information and people, they like to keep information tight to their chest, you know, because that's the old school mentality. Like if you're sharing your wisdom, then you won't be as important and you won't be the guy that's called on to save the day, if you will. So it can be challenging in that regard. Oh yeah. You're dealing with a lot of issues there. Probably the the toughest one is the ego. I mean, these are fellas who they made it to a certain level with a maximum effort. So they're attached to that level of accomplishment in an emotional way. So I can see why that would be tough for them to be broken down or allow themselves to be broken down, so to speak. Well, I do not break them down. However, I will say there is some benefits to being a woman. And, you know, it, back then, more so than than now, you know, 20 years ago, you know, women at the executive level were not as common. Um, even up until like four or five years ago, you might have one, maybe two women in an executive room. I mean, it's just not common. And so people behave differently with women and communicate differently than women than with men. Your ability to, to be able to transfer that probably would help make your career here. So you're there then with the military that lasted for 15 years. You had also you worked with NASA mm -hmm. and San Diego State University, Qualcomm and the Office of Personal Management. So you've stacked quite a resume as far as coming out into what you're now currently doing, because this has just blossomed into a whole curriculum of things that you do. I don't know that we have enough time to talk about all of it or even right. portions of it. But what I'd like for you to share with me is what energy psychology is. And we can kind of dive into how we can use it in our everyday life. Well, I think it's important for people to understand that Everything runs in patterns and there are systems. So I would like to just say one thing from the get-go is that, you know, I am not a master of the mind. I think a more appropriate explanation of what I'm doing is more connecting the heart and the mind so they work in collaboration. I think what's really challenged people from connecting and getting the healing that they need is that they're so focused in the mind. And so the mind has 
has taken over. You know, people are so focused on mindset and productivity and efficiency that they're missing a big portion of harmony (laughs) because of that. And so what happens is you start to have a lot of distortion. And so really what I am an expert at is really sensing, feeling, and seeing incongruencies, both within people and within organizations, because all organizations have systems and I read systems. And so I can navigate them differently and also get results quicker because I can sense them more so than most people. Most people are looking at things in a singular mode And that's not how we operate in life. We are brought in and born into a family. And a family is a nucleus of systems, of behaviors, (laughs) beliefs. You could go into your genetics, I mean, your DNA. And that's all part of a system. And we are all just microcosms of the bigger system. What you're mentioning there, the whole process of, I'm curious as to how much of what we're currently experiencing and with the technology of the artificial intelligence and then pre-artificial intelligence, there's been such a big shift in that. So how much of those systems that you're referencing are under questioning? Because I call them social dogmas where you hear that they said, they said, and it's more of a a media or a cultural thing where it's kind of passed along. And I feel like we're in an era where the youth is a much bigger influence on our systems in the way of how we're going to be thinking moving forward. And I think that the technology gives them that power. I don't know that that occurred before, but are we in a pattern swing? Are we in a, is a new system coming or like? This is a big question. <laughs> I mean, we can talk for hours about just this one question. I will say that we are all powerful. The youth aren't more powerful than we are. But what stops people who are adults and elder is from accessing their power. Because they have different belief systems and dogmas and socializations and programming that are going on that they can't see. And same thing with the youth. I mean, they don't really understand programming, but the programming starts from the very young age of to a young little girl. It's like, you be nice. <laughs> That's programming. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you think then there's is always been there with the generations and the different beliefs? It's just maybe more magnified or made known more because of the artificial intelligence? Well, I, I don't think artificial intelligence is really touching on our beliefs. I think it may be leveraging it. But our belief systems, let's just say that is the matrix. The mind is not the matrix. The matrix is the belief systems and it influences the other. I think most people are afraid to even talk about belief systems because once you start talking about belief systems, you know, what happens to people? They're like, it's what they believe. They don't want to let go of what they believe, even if it's not serving them. Do you know what I'm saying? Because they're so used to it. Or they're attached to it because their family did it, you know, or somebody with a a greater influence than they, you know, has put it in them. Well, an attachment is another way of resistance. That's great. 
If you have a story to share, tell us. How are you going to leave your mark? We want you to be our guests. Contact us. Leave your mark with our host, Vince Cortez. How can we apply the psychology of, of energy in our lives? Like first, how do we begin to pay attention to it? How we become greater awareness? Well, awareness is everything. I mean, you can't have access to higher levels of consciousness if you don't have awareness of your behavior. If you're not pausing, reflecting, challenging old ideas and beliefs. Like one of the things that I would use for one of my executives that I would be working with is, hey, let's go through all your meetings and look and see which ones aren't serving you anymore. You know, little things like that. Let's go through for somebody who's more bold. And this would be good for all those perfectionists out there. And there are plenty of them is look at all the rules that you've created for your life to live by and look at how many of those rules no longer are serving you and start to discard them. Just get rid of them. You can't get rid of them if you're not aware, you know? What I would want to do is, is how in your reference of systems, how do you create a system for yourself? Like you had this incredible awareness at 15 months old. So it's like, it came natural to you. I'm guessing it comes natural to all of us, but how do we recognize that? It's kind of hard in the moment. We're kind of like 2020 looking back and, oh, I would have done this instead of being aware and making the adjustment in the moment. Right. And I think a systems approach just means the way I approach things is holistically. So if something is happening and let's just say, for example, I saw somebody post about this the other day. I didn't do my homework, the consultant said, and should I continue with my client or not? From my perspective, I am a consultant and they're influencing me as much as I'm influencing them. So that's a data point. So I would go into inquiry with something like that. For somebody like me to not do their homework, that's not normal behavior. So something caused that shift within me working for that system. And I would want to know about that resistance. Now, that's a much deeper perspective than I would say most people take. <laughs> but most people aren't getting the type of results I'm getting. You know, I get results really quick. And it's because I have an attunement to certain things that are out of discord. But let me give you a like a regular person type of an example. A client would come in and they'd say, Kiana, I'm anxious. I have heart palpitations. I sometimes have a hard time breathing and catching my breath. And those are all going to come. First of all, I'm not a medical doctor, but most of those experiences are coming from the mind and the mind being an overactivity. And so when the mind is in overactivity, trying to figure things out, wanting to do good, to be perfect, to prove themselves, to be worthy, to get ahead, whatever it is, to get the promotion, to get recognized, whatever it is, that pressure is then experienced within the physical body. So now you have this mind, this thing that you can't even touch, right? You can't touch the mind. It's not even in the brain. It's existential. It's in our energy field. Field, right? So that overactivity is influencing how your internal systems are operating. Once you address that overactivity, what will happen immediately is the mind will calm, 
the breath will change and shift. And before you know it, you're walking throughout your day and you didn't even realize that you had left all that behind because it's no longer a part of who you are. When you shift the pattern of thinking, it changes your life experience. That's awesome. This is of great interest to me because (laughs) this isn't a person that you come across every day. So as a telepath, when was the first time that you knew you had this gift? And then now you are where you are. When you're a telepath, like you have a prospective client in front of you, how do you manage helping them out? So my first awareness that there was a name for what I did wasn't until I was 30. So I've always been that person that would say what somebody was thinking. Do you know what I mean? Like I would use an example when I'm with a client and he'd be like, how did you know that I needed to fill up my wife's gas tank? And I would just be using an example. So it wasn't that I was trying to read his mind. It was just, I get pictures of things that would help me to help relate to the person. I will tell you, there are times I've been in meetings with executives and they're not thinking pleasant thoughts and it's not comfortable. So I will think about motorcycles or (laughs) something. So I'm not picking up on that anymore. Going to the gym. Oh, nobody's thinking good at the gym. (laughs) (laughs) So this this is a, like um, a little bit of a movie. Wasn't that Mel Gibson and he knew what women think? And, um, <laughs> how does that affect you being privileged to that information or knowing that that's going on? Like that had to feel funny at first or was it happening more and more regularly or like? Well, um, as I've been gotten to be more skilled in my awareness of my tools, I've strengthened to when I can turn it on and turn it off. Because the truth is, is, I really don't want to know what you're thinking unless I'm getting paid for it, you know, or unless it's going to serve humanity in some profound way. I don't want to know. I don't want to know because most of the time it's not very pleasant. The benefit for my clients is, is that I can help them understand the patterns that are they're experiencing that they've been trying to positive think their way out of. You can't positive think your way out of things that are not good for you all the time. So then you help provide these methods that allow them to work their way out of it. Now, I would assume because the beliefs are generally from a younger age and from a strong source the individual has, how does going about changing their beliefs or helping them change their mind that would change their beliefs? Is that a long process or does it depend on the individual or is there things that you've been doing this long enough that you can help them move along quicker or give them a deeper insight of what's happening to them? Well, I don't do it with every client. So let's just be really upfront. Changing beliefs is very profound. And if you think of systems, beliefs work in systems. So remember, this is like the matrix, like you see the movie. So what is a belief? Energetically, a belief is a series, a collection of harmonics, okay? So let's just say we have an orchestra and we have a piano, we might have a uh, oboe and a flute and a drum, and those are harmonics, right? So all those go into a belief, right? And every belief has both positive and negative, if you will. And so it just might be that a belief has one 
harmonic that is beating stronger and louder than the rest. And it might just need to be leveled out. So for example, a strong harmonic would be hate. Hate is very strong and people feel hate and even murderous thoughts very strongly. And so that would have a very strong vibration and frequency. It's not stronger than love, but it gets a lot more attention than love. More dramatic. <laughs> yeah. So if you have a belief and then you have a belief structure, which is multiple beliefs that go in, right? And then you have what? What comes after structure? You have a system and then you have a network. So they all feed into this massive matrix. So you might have one belief that is in multiple systems, multiple structures and multiple networks. Right? It just yeah. is mind blowing. This is why people don't talk about it. I can't clear a system on one of like multiple systems because people would be so disoriented and, and about, it wouldn't make sense. How about like when you were referencing the vibration part, because you hear a lot about that we're vibrational creatures. And so I'm gathering that you're picking up what people's thoughts are on the vibration they're casting or putting out. So right. is just trying to change our vibration going to help with this waking up and doing the the journaling type thing and showing an attitude of gratitude and building yourself into an energy where it's positive and you're bright and you're feeling good today and you're ready to go out that front door and seize the world you know versus somebody who's like they're having a hard time getting out of bed they can't find their stuff they're running late and the whole thing's just a big aggravation obviously two different vibrations. We're in control of our vibration, right? Well, control, I would not use that word. We influence it and we influence it through our consciousness and through our connection. But let me use this example, going back to the same woman that I talked about earlier, that's having the physical palpitations. Also fatigued, let's just go ahead and add that in there. They're fatigued. They don't have a lot of energy. They feel drained, for example. Somebody that has those types of situations usually has other things going on in their energy. And it would be like a toxic stream. So a toxic stream would be a poison that's going into their energy and it's coming through a channel and it's going into the river and your body is the river and your body is trying to function at a high level with this toxicity in it. So just think about if you had food poisoning, for example, how well are you operating? You're going to be bogged down seriously. <laughs> right? You're bogged down. And then what do we try to do? We try to muscle our way through it, right? And then we feel a little bit better, but there's still this little strain that's going on there. That strain is always going to be caused by our perceptions, our perceptions of what we're experiencing. So you and I had a chance to talk very little before this call. And we talked about how you perceived what the information was that you were being told about yourself and the approach in which you took, even though you probably scared, your perception is what made your livelihood in this present day what it is right? It's changed everything. So perception is not changed by positive thinking. Because think about it, your thinking is not changing your perception if your thinking is in denial of what is. <laughs> That's pretty deep. <laughs> I, I had a feeling this was going to happen. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That is really deep. 
because denial avoidance is huge. Now, that's then the pleasure and pain. I think that at the end of the day, we're all our own worst enemy. And it's having that discipline to harness our thoughts or allow our mind to be in charge and not, not our body or not our emotions. Are we really on a dimensional plane? Are we three or four dimensions or are we beyond that? There's so many different levels of which to think of yourself or who or what you are or what, you know, who am I, why am I here? And then getting comfortable with all of that. Yes. And then this is who I am. This is where I'm going, you know, yeah. or this is where I was that whole bearing of getting your compass straight, so to speak. Yes. Well, I think where people struggle is they think it's either this or that. And that negates so many different colors that can come in and change the picture and the perception. So let me answer your first question, which is, are we multidimensional? And I think that we all have access to multidimensional information. I don't believe that we are all open to receiving that information. Those are two different things. So you're, it's going on and you're not a, completely not aware of it. Oh, of course it's happening. And then just because you're in denial does not mean the truth does not exist. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so, right? No, I agree. So then uh, And doesn't the truth change with new information and different qualities of information, right? Yes. If you want to break down what multidimensional access is, it's a different quality of information. It's not better or worse. It's just a different quality, a nuance, if you will. Connect with us on LinkedIn. Be our friend on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You are listening to Vince Cortez. We just want you to leave your mark. You have the programs that I want you to share with me in your current work. I have several programs, as you're aware. I have a lot that are free online so people can learn for free at the free resources. And that's at beinginsync.com resources. But what I offer is obviously individual one-on-one -on -one sessions. If somebody wants to try out a session with Kiana, all they have to do is book online and then we schedule. It's super simple. But if they think that they might have something more complex and that they want to really address it, they can do that through the integrated reprogramming, which is where really where you're able to transform your thoughts. And I know a lot of people don't know that this is possible, but people think a lot of thoughts in loops and they go down rabbit holes, which is what's causing anxiety. And there's a huge industry that doesn't want this to be able to be resolved, but it is absolutely resolvable. And I have testimonials on my YouTube with people who have been on anxiety medicine and gone off of it with no problems. But so that would be the integrated reprogramming. I have a success membership, which integrate both a one-on-one -on -one session. I do group healing sessions, which is really phenomenal. And that's a way to kind of get a sense of what it is that I offer in a multidimensional way. Now um, that being in a group, that, you'll have some people that will participate in that that wouldn't do it individually or the group creates a different energy because there's more of them. The benefit of the group is, first of all, it's all remote. So nobody ever sees one another. Oh, okay. What happens is, is everybody emails me their issues, troubles, concerns, and it gets consolidated. And then I clear what's called density, which could be a whole nother session. But 
basically remove density and resistance around those issues. And then what comes up is certain things will be triggered for everybody. And then lessons come through. Everybody gets a video and some information to where they can actually go forward and implement some changes in their life every month. So you're just getting little tastes of how you can begin to transform your life. When you have less density in your energy field, it's not taking away any toxicity or anything like that. It's just allowing energy to move more freely. When we're stressed, overwhelmed, bogged down, it's really hard to get things to move and people often feel stuck. So this is a way to keep the momentum without having to really invest a lot of personal time. It's the inflammation part that would probably be tough. Now, do you have an age group? I've had clients in my in their 20s and I've had clients in their 80s. Um, there are still people that want to learn, grow, and evolve. And it's just a matter of pace. So if you want things to move quicker, you would want to work with somebody like me <laughs> because you, things are going to move really quick. Now, do you find that there's characteristics of the type of person that approaches you for help or just kind of they're all variety? It's a variety, but it really is a resonance. It's like people are either going to want to change and work with my approach or not. If you're somebody who doesn't like things to be clear and direct, you're probably not going to resonate with my approach because I'm not in it to have you as a client forever. Um, That's something we're not used to hearing. It just depends on how you want to grow and evolve. And I think there's a timing mm -hmm. for your evolution. And I've had clients that have been with me for many, many years and they come in, they want specific changes and then they go back out and they try to do their life their own way. And then they come back when it's not working. We do some adjustments and then they go back and it's very fluid, but it really is individual based. Some people really like the weekly sessions and other people like the remote and they don't really want to do anything. They just want to do their own thing, but they want to keep things moving a little bit lighter and they might do one or two sessions a year. It just depends. If you have a story to share, tell us how are you going to leave your mark? We want you to be our guest. Contact us. Leave your mark with our host, Vince Cortez. Now, do you find that some of your work where you're helping the connection of the conscious to the subconscious mind? And then we become subconscious creatures by habit in our routines. When you're working with these people and they're having their shift or they're beginning to change, is it a situation where they don't need more help and they kind of, they've now reprogrammed in their conscious mind what their habitual, the subconscious mind will eventually take over. It's like you said, you have had clients for a while. A lot okay. of what you've worked with them for a while now maybe in their subconscious or their habitual routine. And you kind of okay. build on that or are you working on other levels of vibration where you're not really trying to get in the conscious or subconscious mind? So if I'm working with executives within their corporation, I'm not really reprogramming their mind and working on retraining them. I'm working on them in relationship to the system that they're working within. That would be how a corporation would bring me in. When I'm working one-on-one -on -one and they like, so let's just say somebody goes through the integrated reprogramming. That's a two week program. You're in and you're out. And if at the end of it, 
you will not have those chronic painful thoughts that you've had for many years, sometimes your entire life. So any the longer. results in that is very quick. Super fast, but they have to consciously choose now. And that is sometimes challenging for people because they've been so used to reacting and responding one way and then that's gone. And they might be a little bit uneasy, uneasy, uncomfortable in choosing new for themselves because they get now a real opportunity to create how they want to be. Well, it's exciting because you sound like what you had. There's a lot of freedom in it. Because I think methods that were trying to help people with their thinking or their self-understanding were more rigid. Yours sounds very, um, the vibrational, very free form, uh, very comfortable, easy to change from where you were to where you want to go. So easy. You do your, not need to your struggle. Your work sounds amazing. Now, I don't know where to go because it's like all of this has so much behind it. We should probably bring you back and, and we can just narrow down one specific topic. But I wanted my audience to get a feel for who you are and, and what you're doing and that there are people like you out there doing this and where to contact you and your information. What I would like to do at this point, wrapping up the show, and you get the question of how would you like to leave your mark in this world? I really do believe my purpose in this world is to make a difference. And I make a difference, number one, by being the difference and allowing people the opportunity to choose to have a higher level of consciousness. I do believe my life purpose is about changing consciousness. That's awesome. Thank you for coming by today, John. And this you. was amazing. Your work is really intriguing. And I think that what's ahead and how our society is evolving and what you're doing, you couldn't be in a better place at a better time. <laughs> yes, thank you. I want to get your email links. Well, the email for information and questions is loveoflife at beinginsync.com. So that's the quickest email to get questions answered. Of course, I'm on Instagram, being in sync, Kiana on LinkedIn. I have three different websites, believe it or not. Kiana.com, K-I-A-N-N-A-A.com for booking one-on-one sessions. If you're looking for more transformational type work, both professional and personal, you can find those resources at beinginsync.com. And you can see a whole pro plethora of what I do with corporations that are both analytical and experiential in method. All the work that I do is all experiential. So it's about having your own experience, not just having me talk about it. You would have to have your own experience of this process to know, does it work? You can't get it by intellectualizing it. That's what I would say. And then InSyncConsulting.com, I-N-S-Y-N-C-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com for corporate work. That's when I go into an organization, I work with teams in crisis or just executives who are looking to go to the next level. This is awesome. So from corporate all the way down to personal, you're in the fun sunshine state, California, and we can find you on the internet. I want to thank you again for coming by. Your work is really intriguing. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Nice to meet you. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye. You just left your mark. More episodes on demand. Just click leave your mark with Vince Cortez.